Hey, this episode is brought to you in part by Signature Doors and Windows and Modern Denver Magazine. Now, on to the show. Uh, and they'll say he's a Pritzker architect, so but, but they won't necessarily mention you know, the timber architecture. And, uh, you know, I, I believe that, you know, Shigeru Bon is the leading timber architect uh, in the world. Shigeru's particular specialty is his inventiveness with mm. using timber. Uh, I think that's why we're invited to the conference. And that's why we made this book. Hi. Hello. 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 Hello, and welcome to Architecting. Hey, hello, and welcome to Architecting. I'm Adam Wagner. Our mission here on this podcast is to tell Colorado design stories. And recently we were able to do this at AIA Colorado's Design and Practice Conference in Keystone, Colorado. For me, this event is really a party where I get to be around all my favorite people, past guests, future guests, friends, and colleagues, and get them all in one place. This year, AIA Colorado graciously set up a, a glass podcast studio for me in the middle of the conference room where I was able to sit down with all the keynote speakers and other guests to recap and dive deeper into the talks that they gave. This will be a series of short interviews released over the next few weeks. For more information and pictures from these talks and events, you can check out our Instagram page or go to aiacolorado.org. The last keynote was delivered by Dean Maltz and Laura Britton of Shiguro Bond Architects along with the always dynamic Greg Kingsley of KLNA Structural Engineers. These three dove into different aspects of the various wood projects in Shiguro Bond's portfolio. These projects and all of their intricacies can be seen in Shiguro Bond's new book, Timber in Architecture. You can already hear Greg's story on episode 51. So I sat down with Dean, the firm's managing partner, and Laura, an associate and the author editor of the new book. Check it out. So I feel like I'm at a uh, a real disadvantage here because with everybody else, I've got to listen to their talks before I talk to them. And with you guys, it's a, it's a mystery of what, what's going to be going on. But first, can we each of you introduce yourselves? Yeah, and then we'll kind of dive into what you're going to get into tomorrow. I'm Dean Maltz, a managing partner of Shigeru Architects. Let's see, what else describes you? I, you don't have to, but uh, Laura's pushing the microphone back to you. But Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, tomorrow we're going to be talking about um, Shigeruban uh, work based around our uh, mass timber and, and other wood project, uh, which is uh, a culmination of Shigeruban's work since uh, 1985 hmm. uh, to now. Yeah, we hear Laura introduce yourself to it. I'm Laura Britton. I'm an associate at Shigeruban Architects, and I'm the author-editor of Shigeruban Timber and Architecture, which we published last year. And building on the theme of Engage for this year's conference, uh, Dean and I are presenting alongside Greg Kingsley from KLNA. Uh, and so we'll be talking about the integrated collaborative working process for building these fabulous timber structures that really require a lot of disciplines. It's not just an architect working in a vacuum, so we are engaging. Right. So, Dean, give us a little background on, did, did you, you worked on the Aspen Museum? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So give us a little background of, of how that, that came to your firm and, and the sort of process of, of development. Yeah, sure. So there was a, uh, a committee set up at the Aspen Art Museum. It was led by the director 
Heidi Zuckerman. They interviewed a number of notable architects at the time, including uh, Diller Scafidio Renfro. We came, we interviewed, uh, it was myself, uh, Shigeto, and uh, Nina Friedman, who was a director of our office at that time. Mm. And after the interview, uh, all the board members and Heidi uh, unanimously uh, selected Chigarban Architects uh, to be their architects. It was, it was great that we were able to win this great award without having to do any design work. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, common um, among any you know major competitions. So, what was the the idea, the concept that you came, that you guys came to the table with that that won it? I mean, were you talking about the vision for the museum at all, without obviously designing and drawing? But well, we discussed our approach to design, and I think you know we described ourselves and how we work and. Looking at our team, uh, with Shigeru being a, a great designer, myself to manage the business aspects of the mm. project, uh, and then Nina, the director, to manage the project, they just felt very comfortable that we had all the boxes checked. And what, what year was this? Actually, that started in 2004. Oh, okay. Uh, we did a, um, a concept design on a piece of property that they were hoping to lease from the city and we did a design uh, it was a beautiful design it's uh, closer to the ball field and the hotel jerome but unfortunately there was a referendum and the it was referred by the people of the of the city and it didn't pass refer, referendum so then the board of directors had to find land that they could purchase and that's caused a delay. Uh, they found land on Hyman Street, they purchased it, and then we were asked to do another concept design. So the, interestingly enough that the, you know, the, that the building shape you know, changed from what was gonna be a linear building that was going you know, down a, a slope to, um, to a, a, a cubic building. Right. You know, that was on the corner. Besides the proportions, did the overall concepts kind of stay the same? That that idea of the screening and, uh, or maybe maybe explain the yeah. Concept, so the concept, you know, the concept the concept of of the building was to be contextual, um, and Shigeru, whenever he comes up with a concept, he has to go to the site first. He he looks at the program. He has it in the back of his mind. He goes to the site. He walks around. And then he uh, comes up with a determination of what the project should be. Uh, so, in developing this concept, there were a number of ideas that he wanted to incorporate. One of the contextual ideas was how to relate the building to the other uh, buildings that were downtown. And there are other red brick buildings that are, you know, cubic. He wanted to interpret that using uh, sustainable materials, natural materials. Initially, we were going to create a, a screen out of a beetle kill and actually build bricks out of it. But mm. then, you know, further exploration of that idea, uh, we realized that facade would degradate over time, so it was not the best uh, concept. So that's when we had come up with the idea of using Prodema, which is a, uh, a wood product. It's actually a wood veneer, and it's a laminate 
material. And what Shigeru liked about that, uh, laminate is actually a series of uh, paper that's compressed together with a type of glue. And then on the exterior is wood, so it gets all compressed. Um, so, he, so that being a wood product that um, passed the tests of what he was looking for. And then the other um, major aspect of the building was that nature is the most beautiful thing. So we designed the grand stair to take you to the top and a moving elevator that would take you to the top. So the building is to be viewed from the top down. Hmm. So when you go up, that's the proper way of, uh, of seeing the Aspinall Museum top down, like the Guggenheim Museum. Right. But Shigeru's reason for going to the top is that when you get to the, the terrace, you see the natural surroundings of the mountains, and he felt that the, the mountains are the most beautiful art, I guess, in, in Aspen. Right, yeah. So then, Laura, when did you join the firm? Uh, I joined in 2015. 2015. And so were you brought in to really create this book and document these projects? The book came out of a lot of conversations that we've had in, in the past five years, probably. And even even before that, uh, when I first joined the firm, I was working on Terrace House, which is a hybrid mass timber residential project in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. And I've almost exclusively worked on mass timber projects uh, in the past eight years. We have an, a book from, I believe it was 2010? Uh, uh, paper and Architecture, which right. was really documenting Shigru's humanitarian work, other larger structures that also were paper tube structures. And so we had these conversations constantly. Shigru is kind of known as the paper architect, right. but actually he's done more mass timber than just about anybody. And uh, we're really happy that it's a more popular subject nowadays, but going back even 13 years ago, Sanch Papi du Metz opened, uh, you know, right. extremely complex timber grid shell. Right. Uh, so we wanted to consolidate that, use it kind of as a primer on timber, not just mass timber, but any type of timber construction, and really share more than a traditional monograph through that book. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, Greg Kingsling's been on the podcast before and uh, uh, inspiring guy and, and talking, he was he was talking a little bit about the process there and just the compl- the complexities of this amazing museum. But but that is sort of in the past now, like taking that experience and that uh, of that museum and of the other mass timber projects, what have you, what has the firm been doing now and, and sort of like looking into the future, excited about with mass timber and, and different strategies or concepts or projects? Currently, we're working on a new mass timber project, a multifamily mass timber project hmm. in Florida oh, uh, that we're very excited about. Um, also, another project, which is a, a park, a Kentucky Owl Park, uh, which is a distillery, and it's an aggregation of uh, multiple buildings, a distillery, a visitor center, train station, a rickhouse, which if you, know, if you don't know what that means, it's a, a storage for barrels of whiskey. It's a particular name, uh, a rickhouse, because the barrels get put on ricks. And then all of these buildings are surrounding uh, four lakes. Hmm. Uh, and that water is this beautiful water that comes filtered through the limestone, oh, wow. uh, which is then going to be used for making the whiskey. And all these buildings are, mass t- are made out of mass timber. So I, th- I think 
you know, getting back to, you know, why we made this book, I'd like to ask you a question. When you think of Shigeru Ban, what is the first thing you think about? I think about the, the paper chapel in New Zealand. That's the first image that comes to my head. Uh, yeah. But. And that's a good one because um, a lot of, I ask this question to a lot of people. You know, lay people, architects know Shigeru, but the, usually the first uh, response will be the paper architect. Yeah. And other people will respond and say, well, I'm really familiar with his humanitarian work. Mm. Um, and the last thing that may come up would be, uh, and they'll say he's a Pritzker architect, so but, but they won't necessarily mention you know, the timber architecture. And uh, you know, I, I believe that you know, Shigeru Ban is the leading timber architect uh, in the world. And there are many other architects that are designing in timber. But I, I guess Shigeru's particular specialty is his inventiveness with mm. using timber. Uh, I think that's why we're invited to the conference. Um, and that's why we made this book. We wanted to show in a very concise way, um, his whole trajectory of invention within wood. He loves to invent uh, with materials. And so there's been a journey from the early invention with paper, creating paper structures that were, um, you know, get, he got building department approval to have permanent paper uh, tube structures. And he was inventive with plywood, uh, making uh, grid shell structures, uh, and then evolved um, in the last 20 years doing mass timber, uh, which is his greatest, uh, first great achievement was the uh, central Pompidou mats. Right. Yeah. One thing that we talk about a lot between the two books is that Shigeru has a consistent ethos, so it's these ideas of uh, a sustainable, responsible approach, as Dean was mentioning, choosing the material that's appropriate to the project. Uh, and Shigeru likes to say, if a building is loved, it becomes permanent. Mm -hmm. So this Christchurch uh, paper cathedral, cardboard cathedral, um, it, it will continue to stand. It could have been a temporary structure, but it's so loved, it will endure. And so one question we get a lot of times with timber projects is, you know, is this going to last? Is it is it going to catch fire? Is it is it safe? Uh, and Shigeru really takes the perspective of building stewardship. If you have a, a community that cares about a project, they will take care of it and it will last forever. So one project that we're going to show, kind of the only project that isn't our own in tomorrow's presentation is uh, the Horyuji Temple in Japan, which is over 1,300 years old. It's the oldest timber structure in the world. It still stands today because it's it has uh, precise detailing, excellent construction, and it's cherished by its community. So right. it, it will continue to stand. And so that's kind of what Shigeru is advocating, whether it's paper, wood, any other material, really, you know, taking stewardship of the building. Yeah. And can you talk about some of those specific innovations within mass timber that, that Shigeru and the, and the firm has been doing? He's been creating um, very inventive structures with post and beam. Um, he built, I think it was two, 2008, the Tamedia building in Switzerland, which was the tallest mass timber building in, in Switzerland at that time, which he created these um, vents in 
the columns and beams that were put together with these uh, oval beams that uh, created the joints so he could then uh, put the wood together without using metal. He, the, in, in the Aspen Art Museum, he created a, a wood space frame. I, it's never been done before. Right. I don't think it's ever been done since. I'm not familiar with a wood space frame. And what's particularly unique about that is the typical space frames will have a node and a stick that come together, mm -hmm. but this space frame is just pure wood. There's no, the, the nodes are the wood coming together with the top cord and the bottom cord and, and the undulating uh, web. And all that holds it together are, are, are pins and screws. Hmm. And he's created fantastic structures, grid shell structures, uh, starting with the Metz uh, Pompidou building. And more recently, he created a campus of uh, half a million square feet for, at, for the Swatch Omega headquarters okay. in Beale, Switzerland. Right. Um, which is a created an undulating serpentine building that's the Swatch headquarters. I, was just, I just wanted to sort of mention that Chiguerra is not a wood purist. Hmm. He likes to use, he's inventive within all materials. He's, he's used carbon fiber to make furniture. Uh, you know, he's used the cardboard tubes to make refugee uh, housing and, and the Christchurch that you mentioned. And when you look at the Aspen Art Museum, it has uh, traditional materials of concrete, which are always used for making foundations uh, in the permanent building. And then um, between the and it's primarily a concrete building, and then between the concrete and the uh, space frame roof, there are these uh, uh, trifurcated columns which hold, which suspend the roof. And then we used some paper um, within the building. We used it uh, as uh, partitions. We even used it as furniture and, uh, and ceiling. Right, yeah. Did you? Yeah, I, I think the, the subject of why wood for Shigeru is it's what drew me to Shigeru Van's mm. work. Um, Shigeru's constantly advancing the discipline. So with every project, he's building on the last one in a really interesting way. Uh, one thing we're going to talk about uh, tomorrow is kind of the difference between these postcard beautiful images you get of a building, but then how did it come to be that way? Nice. Um, really looking at Shigeru's initial sketches and how he's thinking from the outset in a structural material way rather than applying a structural concept to a sketch or applying a material to a sketch. Uh, and so if you're looking at something like the Sandra Pompidou Metz, would you think that it's actually a Virendil structure? Nobody would say that, right? You'd, you'd think, oh, it's, it's these intersecting beams, but right. he developed this innovative approach to a grid shell to minimize the number of mm -hmm. connections between members. And so then that concept comes up again I think it's maybe eight years later, uh, there's a project in Japan called the Shonai Hotel Suiden Terrace, and it has a small spa with a domed roof, and we kind of call it a mini Mets. It's reappropriating that structure in a very different form. And so you see these, these themes coming up in very different ways, never a copy-paste of something he's done before. The Aspen Art Museum trusts uh, we're building on that for the Kentucky Owl Distillery, uh, which is a set of three pyramidal space frames. Uh, and so it's, it's always an evolution, and it's always something new and driving the discipline forward.
I think the other great thing that we see a lot with Shigeru's work um, that hopefully we'll see with others work is uh, selective use of hardwood. Uh, we mm. talk a lot about, you know, there's there's a lot of emphasis on softwoods, and we're talking about spruce pine fir all the time. But Shigeru implements these uh, beach dowels uh, in the Tamedia mm. project that Dean was referencing and several other projects where you have these really intense forces at a joint. It's a beautiful way to resolve the structure without having exposed metal fasteners. Right. Yeah. And that's, you asked, like, what do I think about him when, you, when I hear his name? And in, it is extreme, I'd say, innovation, but it, but in like a grounded way of it's not it's not innovation for innovation's sake in a way or a formal sake, but it is uh, it's, it's really high understanding of material and the possibilities and and uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see especially the book and and to hear more of it in the talk of just seeing this deep look into the iterations of this uh, innovation uh, and uh, yeah, excited. I. For, there are too many things to talk about, so I'm forgetting mid-thought. Um, with the Swatch headquarters, that's a particularly fascinating one. It's one of the most complex mass timber projects in the world. Uh, it didn't have a set of conventional construction documents, mm. uh, which is pretty amazing. It was just a parametric model to resolve the integration of the facade and all of the building systems. And so uh, one thing that we love about that project is it's actually designed like a Swatch watch. And so the story behind that is the Swatch watch has... Uh, an integrated base to it. It's molded plastic that the struct, uh, that the mechanism sits into, and that reduces the thickness and the cost of a Swatch watch. Hmm. Shigeru did the same thing for the Swatch headquarters, integrating the structure to have the building services pass through it, very precisely sizing all of the cooling systems, the electrical plumbing, being mindful of the wood grain, being mindful of not having too many apertures close together so that it would weaken the structure coordinating all of that in a single parametric model. And then the result of that is actually a much better construction process. All of the pieces came together on site like puzzle pieces. And uh, one thing we'll talk about tomorrow is, you know, a typical building, you might expect up to 15% of the pieces arriving on site to have an error with it. For the Swatch headquarters, it was 0.1%. Uh, it was 72 out of like 15,000 components that came to site because it was all figured out in advance. And so like using the drawing and modeling and design process to drive that forward is really fascinating. Oh, yeah, exciting. Well, I just want, I want to add yeah. a little bit more for people who have been to the Aspen Art Museum or, or who will have the opportunity to experience. Every person I've met who's been to the museum has said, yeah, it's, a, it's a place of joy, it's a place of relaxation, and it integrates a philosophy of Shigeru when he designs museums. He's looking to make places that are accessible to the community. Uh, one of the reasons we have the open screen is because he wanted people to be able to look into the museum, mm. and then from the inside of the museum, uh, you could be able to look out. and so to draw people into it. And the building is not a depository for art, it's a Kunsthalle, so it's an actually it's a non-collecting art museum. It was very important to create a, a place that would bring the community together and you know and just enjoy art. Yeah, well I you know, thank you again for coming to Colorado. Thanks for sitting down with me and uh, looking forward to it tomorrow and uh, thanks for coming.
You can visit architecting.com, that's architect-ing.com, to see images from this week's guest. And please rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great week and keep connecting. Hi, I'm Eli. This show is made by my mom and dad and these people. Heidi Mendoza. Emily Child. Fernando Queiroz. Zach Huff. Trevor Notzko. Aaron Best. Kyle Brunner. Rob Cleary. This podcast is powered by The Plug. All right, let's get a coffee. See ya. This is Sarah Hubbard, host of You and Me Kid, a podcast about starting and raising a family on your own. We just launched season two, and I'm speaking with single moms, those still considering, and experts in relevant fields to give you a real sense of what the day-to-day experience of solo parenting looks and feels like. Plus, this season, I've partnered with California Cryobank, the number one sperm bank in the U.S. So wherever you are in the process, this podcast provides some support, humor, and helpful information. Listen to You and Me Kid wherever you get your podcasts.